Today on episode 116 of the Home of Play podcast, PSVR 2 will have more than 20 major games at launch. Electronics firm says it expects PS4 Pro and new Xbox Series consoles by 2024. And State of Play showcase for Thursday confirmed PSVR 2 games will be included. All that and much more. Who's excited for another State of Play? Let's get some intro. Happy Monday and welcome home, everybody. Welcome back to episode 116 of the Home of Play podcast, where every Monday the two best friends join forces to give you all the latest in PlayStation rumors, news, reviews, and that is because we are the true PlayStation fans. I'm your host, Steve. With me, I'm joined by the king of platinum trophies himself, Christopher. Hello, hello. The Home of Play podcast is a self-supported podcast. We don't include in that bias or pay for opinion stuff that you do not need here. This allows us to bring you the PlayStation news that you actually need or want to know. All of our content is free for you to enjoy your leisure. We only ask that you help support the show by subscribing to the Home of Play podcast, by telling your friends, family, and your dental hygienist about the show, and that they can find us on all your favorite podcast services of choice, such as Spotify, Apple, or Amazon. Every month we're growing. It's all because you love a gaming homie. is helping to spread the cause through the power of word of mouth. If you have any comments, questions, or complaints, please send any of those to our email address, homeofplaypodcast at gmail.com, and then we can read your questions on the show or alone in private while we discuss possibly the 20 playstation vr games I don't, I don't know this week's got a lot of stuff I, I, don't blame I, me i have a complaint to submit there's 30 seconds of audio missing from the last podcast and i'd like to explain why i would also like to hear this can, can i have you have to hope that i just don't cut this audio out as well can i have the time <laughs> to explain oh we have nothing we have no time this week but do it anyway okay so uh some behind the curtains stuff is how things work with us. Um, typically, you know, we record the podcast. It's usually uh, anywhere from an hour and 15 minutes to maybe an hour and 45 minutes, usually. Oh, man. Um, so when we, uh, we do our editing of all that. So usually we take turns each week. Unfortunately, last week was mine, apparently. And uh, so what happened was, <laughs> I can only give you best estimate, but... So I copied all the audio into, we use Premiere uh, for our editing purposes. And uh, so I copied in our, you know, our podcast in, our recordings. Uh, I input our intro song and our out- outro ditty that we have. Uh, do our audio tweaks that we apply. And so I'm guessing what happened is when we got to the, the Last of Us article, um, I suspect... I was probably trying to cut out like a sneeze or something like that. That's my only assumption. I'd have to go back to the original audio. Couldn't tell you. Don't care enough to check. But I went back and I'm guessing what happened was I had accidentally selected my actually part of the conversation and the sneeze, hit delete, and then moved on uh, and didn't notice that was missing. So you missed 30 seconds of uh, prime quality content. Um in regards to what it was, it was mostly, uh, I think, me talking about how I prefer, because we were talking about remasters in general, and I kind of was going on the sense that I prefer it go more towards reboots of older dead series, such as like um, the Soul Reaver series, or I mentioned SOCOM. So that's how you hear Steve's response was me saying SOCOM. Um, and that's pretty much all I said in regards to the topic, because we talked about Last of Us plenty. So that's a little behind the scenes as to what happened i will make sure in the future to uh maybe do a quick once over at the end just to make sure uh that 
because I should have noticed a big hole in the audio at some point, but didn't catch it. I can say officially we are not official editors by any means, but we've definitely gotten, I think we've gotten pretty good, at least for audio editing. There's so many things that uh, you guys out there don't realize we cut out or there's ways that we talk that like make it easy for us to splice things sentences in and out we've gotten like our audio to certain levels where it's not like hello my name is ah, you know what i mean it's like it's, there's no spikes in the way we talk so it's it's easier to splice things in there's a couple times where it's like we'll fumble a word but I, we say the word later on in the story and i'll be able to splice the other time into it trying to make it sound better for you guys the listeners uh obviously it's like i could i promise you we're not perfect <laughs> by well and far. i think that's the thing is we like the main reason of editing is just try to keep it within the hour that we try because i know a lot of people not everyone some people you know want a longer podcast and mm-hmm. that, that's fine too and that's something we can look at in the future maybe but for now i like doing a tight one hour and it goes over oh, you know dear. You know, I, another background thing is uh, it's kind of been annoying me anyways. Like, I keep saying, like, oh, it's, like, now our newest, longest episode. And then it turns out after editing, it's actually not that long at all. Yeah. So then I assume the listeners kind of are like, this guy is, must be on crap <laughs> yeah, like, like all this, the time. Is like, he counting the second? <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's literally only an hour and five minutes. But at the time, like, you might not know, like, there's actually enough dead audio and other issues that by the time you cut, you lose 20 minutes and... Then, yeah, it's like my perception when recording now differs from after editing. Yeah. We rarely cut stories or big things like that. We usually, um, and it's not that we screw up a lot, that most of the cuts end up being when we're rereading the article to you guys. And it's more or less like we suck with people's names sometimes. So you you guys get to miss out on the the eight different times we mispronounce. More than the other. One of us more than the other, yeah. Yeah. But uh, and then there's just times where we fumble the story. So all those couple seconds, things add up to almost 15 minutes of getting cut. <laughs> and there's well, just how many times do we just get interrupted? Yeah, like, different times. Calls, yeah. Like my the wife dog bursts barks. in the room, starts yeah. hitting me. It's yeah, it's horrible. I, my uh, <laughs> my door on my balcony swings open and smashes into oh, the yeah. window, <laughs> giving me a heart attack. So yeah. that's just a bit of behind the scenes as to what goes on. Uh, we have fun. We enjoy doing it. And uh, my recap for the week, I played Mass Effect 3 and didn't really progress too far into it. I'm remembering that that game is, it gives the illusion of it being an open world game, but it's not really an open world game. It's like very mission based. You know, you land, you, you do the mission start to finish. There's lots of unique things to collect in the missions, but if you miss them, you can't really go back to my knowledge to get them. So it's, it's kind of open world but the missions are all linear so it's it's it, it's different from the original games the only thing i can really say is it really gives me a, an appreciation re- replaying these games how much i loved andromeda i feel like uh, just playing these three as like man they really did a good job in andromeda like they just had all the good things from a lot of the other games and they they put it into this one together it made it feel more open world because there was like a lot of exploration of the the different places. And I, I just, I, I really enjoyed it. People would maybe argue, like I said, maybe they weren't a fan of the story. I, I enjoyed the story going to, an, you know, a new system, trying to like explore it, look at new places, 
not having to explore the same like planets through all three games, if you know what I mean. But I, I not to say I dislike the first three. I still really like them and my experiences with them. But I, I really it makes me really enjoy Andromeda, and I really hope the the next one's going to be a sequel. But I have suspicions that it will not be. So. Yeah, I just think the way it's titled, right? Like, yeah. You have Andromeda, and then now they're going back to four. So if that's official, it might not. It might change, but that's true. That's true. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much. I honestly, I haven't other than that played too many games. So that's it for my week. How about yourself? Uh, it was a simple week. I did get more gaming in than the last few weeks, honestly. So I majority of my time spent in Uncharted Four. Um, I think I'm finally at the point where it has grabbed me, which I was scared it wouldn't because I've talked about the burnout with that type of game. Uh, but I I think there's two things that are working in my favor and one of them is the long break from that type of game that genre and then the second one and it's not really a spoiler but it's a it's a point of contention for people where a lot of i've heard online a lot of people whine that this one has too many cinematics it's that's a problem for some reason and um then there's the other half that thinks it's totally fine and acceptable i guess i would be the latter I really enjoy that it's very cinematic heavy. I like where the story starts us. Uh, it feels unique. I feel like the other ones, and maybe I'm just remembering them wrong, but I just feel like the other ones just kind of go, right? It's just not really much of a story, but, you know, Drake wants a treasure. Let's go this direction until we finally get to our climax and we get the treasure. Um, this one, it, it's a different start, and it's heavy, and it's got character strength right from the get-go. I, I think the story, like the cinematics are actually what's driving me deeper into this world. And it's going to help me get through some of, you know, just the repeating factors in this game, right? We talk about all the time, traversal, puzzle, shooting, traversal, puzzle, shooting. This game, you know, with the heavy injection of these cinematics, I feel like it, it's helping me get over that. It kind of breaks up the monotonous cycle, I guess. And, uh, yeah, so I'm really enjoying it. I'm actually uh, looking forward to play more of it this weekend. Uh, I, I don't know how far I am. Like, I again, I would say like you know, I'm maybe eight, ten hours in. Uh, but yeah, enjoying it more than I thought I was. I, I would. I, I'm a little. I was scared that it wasn't going to work out, but great. And then I got a little more time with Elden Ring. I think I'm pretty much done with that game. Finally, I'm, I'm feeling the burnout. The only reason I actually even played it at all was I finally did get. Uh, somebody texted me basically a friend and said i would like to play this with you let's go and he happened to be off on my gaming day which is wednesday and so we played you know five six hours of that together super fun multiplayer is fun bosses again it's a little weird to me that they make the bosses so much harder multiplayer i don't think we've seen that at least to that extent in other previous souls games but whatever everything else was super fun exploration all that stuff so had a good time but yeah i just want more uncharted right now and i i like that i like that i i'm finally moving on because even i was getting tired of talking about elden ring every <laughs> week so uh very excited to see what uh what comes next but uh i actually i mean i guess i can talk about this now i i think the quarry is going to be the next big game for me i watched some of the previews that released this week and uh it, although I'm not going to say it looks like it has the budget nor the time spent on it like uh, until dawn, but uh, it does still seem like a couple steps uh, like 
I don't know if steps the right word. It, it looks like they spent more time on this than the dark anthology pictures or whatever. I got nothing else, so I think I actually might commit to it. Looking forward to that early June. Let's go. The first new game that you're excited for, anyway. I think right yep. now we're just excited to see what the new the new pass will bring for us. Because there's like definitely a couple games on there that we'll want to play. So I think yeah. you'll probably play that Lost Judgment. Yeah, or um, I guess this week two things that uh i didn't put it in the news but there's some leaked reports that we might be seeing dino crisis looking really forward to that and another one was i think the psp resistance game which i never got a chance to try oh yeah so i'm actually thinking of that that was uh was it resistance fall of man or i can't remember uh, if that's what it was called or is it retribution Uh, i I couldn't tell you it was i couldn't tell you either uh again psp how many years ago was that huh Huh? It was a thing. Was there any real game on it other than DJ Max? No, <laughs> or VJ Max. DJ Max. It that's called. it. Or- oh man, what a good game! That's my life. They have to bring one of those back because I will play that like mad. I, I might just stay subscribed just for that game. <laughs> um. So yeah, I don't know. Looking forward to that. But anyway, let's get to some smaller news. And boy, how do we have a lot of smaller news that I'm just going to try to speed through. Uh, just due to the sheer volume of news articles we have this week. So, new PS Plus. Sony confirms adding trophies to PS1 and PSP games is optional. This one comes from IGN. Only some PS1 and PSP games available through the new PlayStation Plus tiers will feature trophies as developers can choose whether or not to add them. So, that's all you're getting on this news article. I don't think we have to spend a lot of time on this very quickly. It's optional. Don't expect every game to have it, but I do think the developers that are passionate about their former titles are probably going to come back and uh, hit that up. So that's kind of neat. I, I don't, again, I'm not the trophy chaser of the two of us, but you know, some games I might be like, yeah, as long as it's a reasonable platinum, maybe I will try for that. And I could definitely see why it would make some people almost have to want to play these games just from their sheer like OCD nature. I, I think we did kind of think that this was going to be the response. Uh, we talked about this last week that this was... Yeah, I kind of predicted it wasn't going to be all of them. But. My big takeaway, obviously I'm the trophy guy. I like going for them because it's just a fun side thing to do. But mm-hmm. my thing is I'm going to use it as a metric to see which developers add trophies to which games and hopes that maybe those are signs that maybe, you know, well, maybe we'll get a sequel. Maybe we'll get a reboot of those games. Anyway, we'll move forward to the next one. Sony blames technical error for PS Plus users charged to upgrade discounted subscriptions. This one comes from VGC. Users who had previously purchased PlayStation Plus subscriptions at a discounted price were being charged extra to upgrade to a different service tier, wiping out savings they originally made buying reduced cost memberships. In quotes, Due to a technical error, players in Asia who have previously purchased a PlayStation Plus membership at a discount have been incorrectly charged for the upgrade pricing, Sony claimed. Uh, this error has been fixed and impacted players will receive a credit. We thank you for your patience. This is why you do these things in beta. Yep. Or slow um, rollouts. So, you know, again, I think this was blown up on the internets and uh, it just seems like they've corrected it. Hopefully this won't be an issue when it fully launches later in early June. And yeah, not much to say here it seems like they've they at least they are making the proclamation that they've fixed this so great i hope that's true and uh although yeah because i mean i you can't punish 
users for taking advantage of something that was clearly missed uh, when they were going through this. I, I think that's they have to kind of take the hit on that just because they didn't have the oversight on that one. But whatever. The Quarry's online multiplayer mode has been delayed. This one comes from Game Informer. Supermassive Games, The Quarry launches in just a couple of weeks and serves as a campy spiritual successor to Until Dawn. While you'll be able to brave the cinematic horrors with friends in person on launch day, the game's online play has been delayed. The studio tweeted a message stating that it's delaying the Quarry's online multiplayer to no later than July 8th. That's roughly a month after the game's launch in June 10th. Supermassive explains the move was made to ensure the rest of the game, such as its single player and co-op, or sorry, local co-op, is as polished as possible by the release date. Uh, so yeah, we were just talking about this game in the intro, uh, or at least games we've been playing portion of the podcast, and I'm looking forward to this. It's probably the next game I'm going to purchase at full price, and I like these types of games. Again, the dark, dark uh, anthology pictures, whatever the hell they were calling that, it wasn't speaking to both of us, it seemed, but I'm hoping this one just being a standalone thing seems like it has a little bigger budget they put a little more effort into it although i will say in the preview i've seen a few things that worry me uh particularly there was a scene where a character is climbing a ladder and it zooms in a little too close and then you look at the ladder and it's just like looks like ps2 jpeg textures like it's it's pretty rough uh other parts look fine uh again it could just be nitpicky small things like that but i'm still excited to play this uh I like these types of games, like we said, Detroit Become Human. We both loved Heavy Rain, uh, Indigo Prophecy. Uh, we don't talk about Beyond Two Souls. We just, we don't, we don't bring it up. It's not even a thing. And uh, yeah, and Until Dawn, I think we both love that one too. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to wonder, like, I feel like these types of games are, I don't like using the word niche, but they're, they're very specific people that buy these types of games. And I do, like the multiplayer mode. Like, of everybody I know, you and I are probably the only two people who are going to get this. And we would probably play this local co-op anyway, not instead of over yeah. the internet. So, uh, not a big thing for me. I don't think this is going to be a big thing for a lot of other people. Unless they're talking about, like, a multiplayer mode where it's, like, you just play with random people online. But that just doesn't seem fun to me. <laughs> no, I think they're talking about with friends. Like, an online but... co-op, but, like, you, me, but yeah. over the interwebs. Yeah. No, it's, I feel like this it's is okay. a game you want to play in person anyway, and I get maybe that's not an option depending on where yeah. you live, COVID restrictions. So maybe I'm not being mindful of other people enough, but just for us, I know I prefer to play this in person with you, Chris, and especially even the game totes. Like one of their features is the, um, I think there's the one where you don't have to input any buttons. You just kind of pick kind of what you would like to see. I don't know if it was, I, I do remember they had some no death thing, but uh, I, I don't know. There's a lot of features to this thing. And if you were someone that was looking forward to playing this with a friend that maybe moved away, I'm just making up scenarios in my head currently. Uh, I could see why you might be disappointed, but you know, Hey, just wait a month and maybe it'll be on sale by then. Who knows? Steam database listing suggests Returnal is coming to PC. This one comes from IGN. A game listing for what appears to be Returnal has appeared on Steam's database, suggesting the currently PS5 exclusive could be the next Sony game to appear on PC. There isn't an explicit reference to Returnal in the listing spotted by Nibillion on Twitter, but there are several mentions of names and locations from within the game. The localization portion of the listing mentions Atropos, the alien planet where Returnal is set, 
the Tower of Sisyphus, Returnal's Endless Mode, and Helios, the ship from which Returnal's protagonist arrives in and respawns from on each new run. The game is also tagged as a single-player third-person shooter with online co-op and lots of exploration in an atmospheric world is a sci-fi roguelike and also features a female protagonist. For those unfamiliar, this describes Returnal pretty much perfectly. So not a lot to say there, but if you're a Steam user or someone that enjoyed that game but you'd like to see it run at even higher frames per second, possibly higher texture resolutions, then uh, there you go. This is seems like it's going to be an option in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still looking forward to jumping into that game more. I've only finished Act 1, technically, of the game, um, so I do want to go back and play it at some point. Um, I'm still holding out hope that when it comes free on the new subscription, maybe you'll play with it. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see. I haven't even tried the... Well, obviously, I have nobody to try it with. It's not too many people yeah. I know have played it, but just curious to see how the co-op will work in that game. So moving forward, The Witcher 4 has entered pre-production. CD Projekt confirms this one comes from VGC. CD Projekt's chief financial officer, Piotr Nielobolowicz. I Man, I'm probably way off the mark on that one, but I'm just going to apologize. And we've also added the six prior poor pronunciations, so that's what you get. Uh, provide an update on the game as part of the company's earnings results on Thursday. In quotes, we have recently wrapped up the research research phase, which means the project has now progressed to pre-production and we've begun to capitalize development expenses related to this new game, he said. Not a big article. I cut it up pretty fair. I don't think there's a lot to say here. It's in pre-production. Don't expect it next year. And if, you know, Cyberpunk 2077's timeline is anything to take from, uh, yeah, I wouldn't expect this for another six years as that game was <laughs> in production for seven to eight years. Yeah, I mean, seriously, we had a no, trailer right. seven years ago for CD yeah. or for Cyberpunk. So I'm just not holding out hope. I, the only thing I will say is that they've apparently ditched the old engine that um, Cyberpunk was using, and they are going to use Unreal. So yes, that could streamline a few things. Maybe we see it in three, four years. I still think that's asking a lot, but who knows? Maybe they can yeah. make it happen. I mean, I still think they're going to support Cyberpunk probably for another two years. <laughs> And they did say that a more majority of their um, developers are currently yeah. working on its expansion. They're claiming it's going to be massive, yada, yada, yada. I think that ship sailed. I don't know why they're even waiting. I mean, I guess they've invested so much in it. That's why they're wasting yeah. the resources. But w let's face it. You look at the sales numbers and nothing compares to The Witcher 3 for them. No. Yeah. I, I they'll, they'll do that for the next probably year or two. And then we're probably looking at Witcher for year three or four from now. So, so we'll move forward. So I'm just going to approach this as fairly as I can. Again, we don't like to get political, uh, but this is kind of a bigger news article, so I felt like it'd be disingenuous not to bring it up at all. So we're just kind of going to get through it, and I don't think you're going to get a lot of input from us. We're just going to let you have it, and uh, you take it any way you want. And if you don't want anything political, uh, just skip ahead a minute and a half, roughly, and then you know, you're know you going to have an easier listening time. So here we go. EA won't make public statement on abortion rights. This one comes from GameIndustry.biz. Electronic Arts has chosen not to take a stance in the ongoing debate around abortion rights. Kotaku reports that the staff asked management to make public statements defending both abortion rights and trans rights during the company-wide town hall meeting on Tuesday, May 24th. 
The response was that EA can't take a stance on every public issue in part because being an inclusive company means being inclusive to all of those points of views. Chief People Officer Mala Singh, hopefully I'm saying that right, uh, said during the meeting that EA will only speak out on an issue when there's a consistent perspective among its employees and when it will actually have a positive impact. EA told Kotaku it was working on ways to help staff pay for travel to other states if they live in an anti-abortion area, uh, something other game companies have announced in recent weeks. So there you go. That's the news. EA doesn't want to take a stand. I don't have much to add. I'm not even going to require Chris to add anything. Uh, basically, I like this. Um, if you're looking for a conglomerate, a company, a corporation to be your moral compass, you need to look at better places. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and that, and that's where I'm going to leave it. I just don't think corporations should have any say politically anyway. And just reading the last part, it it's pretty obvious where they stand on this. Yeah. I think they're pretty pro-choice. So, you know, again, let's just move on. Sony looking to phase out first-party PS4 games by 2025. This one comes from VG247. It appears Sony plans to stop producing first-party PS4 games within the next three years. Oh, I wish it was less. That's, a, uh, yeah. that's according to a graph included with the firm's latest business segment briefing, which suggests that by 2025, 50% of its titles will be available for PS5, 30% for PC. Well, that's an impressive number for PC. And 20% on mobile. That's too much of a percentage on mobile. <laughs> <laughs> I think I echo all those opinions. Um, so we'll talk more about the PC later, so I'm not going to really touch on that too much. I agree with Chris. This is a little too long, in my opinion, but I understand the complaints. Not a lot of PS5s out there. They're not hitting quotas, but it does seem like they're on track, like or at least are pretty much keeping up with PS4's life cycle uh, for sales. So I don't understand why it's an issue. I, I I get demands higher, but the same amount of units, like more or less, are currently out there. Yeah, overall, I just don't understand the complaint. I think we need to move past. I think we, I, it's just, it would be a really bad situation, in my opinion, that you'd be four or five years in your console's life cycle until you can actually see the potential of that console. Yeah. To even start, right? Because I think if you've been a gamer for even more than two generations, um, you've probably noticed, like the rest of us, the last titles of the generation are always the best. Last of Us. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us Part Two, all the last games generally look the best. They, you, you know, they finally have mastered producing a game for that console, right? The true that's potential just, for the, the console, console yeah. yes. So I always expect the last games to look good, but the fact that we can't even start trying until halfway through sucks. Yeah, it's I I can't look at a calendar and say this is when they should stop making PS4 games. Three years to me seems like a little much, so I'll just do the opposite of what I just said. Three years seems a little much to me because now we're going on, what is it, year two are we on right now? Or was it, what year are we on now, the PS5? Uh, this is uh, the second year, so yeah. would that be like five years? Yeah, so it's like I, I guess maybe it's like, I will, maybe I move on to the new console too quick for some people. Like there was, I remember you were going over the PlayStation Three store when you thought it was going to be uh, destroyed, and you were finding titles on there that were surprising you that they were even still on the PS Three. So, I guess that could be the same for the PS Four. It's just I I know with us we want to see the true potential of the Unreal Engine, and we know that the best 
th- way we're going to get that is on the PS5 or the next-gen consoles or PC, I guess. South Korean rating for God of War Ragnarok suggests news is incoming. This one comes from Push Square. The South Korean rating board strikes again, and this time it's one of the biggest games on the horizon. I don't know why they chose the horizon as a word, because, you know, wordplay. Uh, God of War Ragnarok is the next major first-party title from PlayStation Studios, and as far as we know, it's still on course to release sometime in 2022. Now it's being awarded an age rating, which suggests that that could be true after all. Uh, additionally, I do want to note, uh, as spotted by VGC reader, the Marmalade, uh, several t-shirts, plush dolls, and accessories for the games have been added to retailer Geeky Zone with a release date September 30th, 2022. Uh, so it's not that that really confirms anything, but adding these two things together more or less strongly suggests that it actually might make this year, uh, God of War might actually launch in 2022, which... I'm still skeptical of, but I want to believe. I feel like I'm watching the X Files, and I want to believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'll be honest. I'm kind of excited for it. I'm not. I've never been a big God of War guy. I played the most recent one. Really enjoyed it. Had a good time with it. So, I'm. I'll still go back to the fact that I'm disappointed that it's only a two-part series of this storyline. Uh, I kind of want more uh, and expected more because there's, you know. Everybody knows in the game you get to that one room with all the the table that brings you to all the different realms, right? So it's like I expected the, there to be a lot of potential to go through all the realms and bounce between them and stuff. But to know that the second game is going to be the end of the story, just kind of sad. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I'm, I don't think it's impossible to make this finale uh, work. I just like you. I'm a little perplexed. I thought. You know, they take more time because there's a lot of gods in Norse mythology Tons. as well. Um, But, you know, whatever. We'll see. Hopefully it works out. But we'll carry on. PSVR 2 will have more than 20 major games at launch. This one comes from IGN. Revealed in Sony's latest investor briefing, there are 20 plus first party and third party titles confirmed for the PSVR 2 at launch. Interestingly, the slide uses Horizon Call of the Mountain, the VR game, set in the world of Horizon Zero Dawn and Forbidden West, as its image to go alongside the launch game reveal. While Sony hasn't confirmed that Call of the Mountain will be a launch title explicitly, the investor briefing certainly makes it appear so. I guess my big concern with this whole thing is the 20 major games at launch. Are these new games, or are these a mixture of games that already exist, and then maybe a few new ones? Because let's be honest, the PSVR games that we have right now, there are good ones in there, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. There could be better. Oh, yeah, for sure. The only ones I'm even made aware of is, you know, was it... Um, Resident Evil was the big one for well, me. Well, the hot one that you got. Yeah, super you know, hot. Yeah. Super hot. Static, uh, was, static was good. That was a puzzler. Uh, yeah, I think it was Tetris Effect. Uh, you said Resident Evil Seven. Yeah. Uh, Moss, I heard good things about, and the um the one with the lightsabers. Uh, I always forget. Beat it. Saber. Yeah, Beat Saber. Other than those, yeah, you don't hear a lot of people talk about it. I know some people bring up the Astrobot one. What? Okay, cool. Maybe Astrobot's not for me though, so it could just be my personal. Don't let this um, bomb explode. I don't remember if that's the name of the game, but it's something like that. That that one's kind of fun. So I think you have a good point in basically suggesting, I didn't even think about this before, but you said it and now I'm concerned that, yeah, 20 of these games definitely could just be re-releases of the original PlayStation VR's games. 
and that could honestly be i'm just now i'm just purely speculating but that could be like you know i could see that being 10 of those titles mm-hmm. i just have a hard time seeing how maybe i'm being a little mean but how poorly they've supported the original psvr like i think they did okay at the start and then they saw that there was you know interest in here so then they they ramped it up a little but then it just spiked down and yeah. it just seemed like once they realized they wanted to do a PSVR 2, then it seemed like they weren't really having any. Yeah. Like, they weren't having these talks. They weren't investing that much more. You know, they did Blood and Truth and the, Fantastic. The owners of the PSVR, the original, were like the alpha test just to see if the market yes. wants it. So, I, I truly feel that way. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that, actually. That's probably the best way to end it. Uh, so, hopefully, they're correct. And, uh, and hopefully, it's actually original and new properties. But the way they don't say original and or new concerns me now capcom has launched a dragon's dogma 10th anniversary website this one comes from vgc capcom has launched a 10th anniversary website for dragon's dogma renewing speculation that the sequel to the game may finally be on the cards the action rpg originally released for ps3 and xbox 360 on may 22nd 2012 uh, in quotes, starting May 2022, Dragon's Dogma is celebrating its 10th anniversary, reads the message on the game's anniversary site. Thank you, Arisen, for taking up arms and braving through the impossible challenges laid ahead of you. We are forever grateful for your support throughout the years, and we hope you will join us in this momentous celebration of Dragon's Dogma. So they didn't confirm anything. It is strange. Like This game isn't really talked about a lot. It's very niche, in my opinion. Like I'm one of those weirdos that just found it loved it uh definitely eagerly and like awaiting a sequel but you know capcom doesn't really ever talk about it so it is interesting that they bring up a 10th anniversary website at all but at the same time it's weird that they bring that up and then not talk about a sequel mm-hmm. yeah I, uh, um it, it is one of the games leaked in nvidia's leak though so you know a lot of that has been coming true so again i'll just keep crossing my fingers i i'll hope I just really want this. Yeah, I don't have too much to say on this. I never played the original. Or if I did, it was a brief moment of time. Uh, a brief moment of time. But uh, I know you and a couple other buddies who did find this game, they really, really enjoyed it. So I feel like it was one of those games that maybe just didn't get enough advertising to get out there. It, I missed it too. I just, I think it was only within the last three years I even played it. Yeah. So I think it just missed its uh, the timing and didn't get enough press or something to get it recognized mm. but gameplay wise from what i've he- heard it's it's definitely worth it juggernaut publisher ea planning to sell or merge this one comes from push square a report from puck claims the juggernaut recently pursued a merger with nbc universal but has also held discussions with amazon apple and disney while all of these talks eventually broke down the madden and fifa maker has not given up according to several sources familiar with the matter EA has been emboldened by Microsoft's buyout of Activision and is persistent in pursuing a sale. However, some claim that the firm would prefer a merger with current bigwig Andrew Wilson, eager to remain as CEO of a hypothetical combined company. Puck reports that Comcast CEO Brian Roberts was looking to spin off the entertainment conglomerate into a new business with EA, which would see Wilson occupy the top seat. Negotiations broke down due to price, but it sounds like the publisher has not given up on the idea at all. So don't be surprised if some kind of acquisition or merger is announced at some point down the line. Wow. EA 
doesn't know when to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's interesting to see that they're, it seems like they're really trying to do something. And it's like, I, I'm not sure why EA makes way too much money as is. Uh, and I'm, I don't know why they want to kind of not split their focus, but have their focus split, I guess. I don't know. I'm not sure. Honestly, it just seems like they, they want that buyout money. Yeah. It's the same problem you always have with boards and public traded companies. They just see money on the table and they're like, yeah, I'll just take a quick buyout. They, you know, a lot of them just don't want to think down, down the road. Yeah. Or even like, you know, let's say, I'm, this is just purely speculation, but for like a normal company, there's not a lot of spikes, but you get a nice flow of money. They don't like that. They don't like long-term investments anymore. It's all... It's just quick and buy. I mean, we've seen this in other situations too, right? Other companies, tech giants, all that stuff outside of the gaming ecosphere. So I'm not too surprised. It, to me, it's also kind of stupid. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's just a crude word to use for it. But overall, you see the FIFA microtransactions alone. And I'm like, I don't know why anyone's worried for their future. But now with them losing the FIFA title, is that a concern for them? You still have Madden. I mean, you still have NHL. Um, you know, Respawn's working on Star Wars games. I don't think those are going to do bad for you. I, it's just, I don't know. It, it's interesting. EA could stop making games and live very comfortably off the money from FIFA for a couple of years before something mm. steps in to take its place. They could yeah. live very comfortably. And even losing the title, I don't think, you know, I think a lot of people are still going to come back, yeah. so. We're going to move on into the bigger news for the week, and we're going to start with Raven Software QA Group becomes the first U.S. major video game union. This one comes from GameIndustry.biz. Today, QA staff at Raven Software have successfully voted to be recognized as a union known as Game Workers Alliance. Uh, this is the first time a worker group for a major video game company has successfully unionized. Bloomberg reporter Jason Schreier said in a tweet that there were 19 votes for and three against the decision. In quotes, it's now official. Testers at Activision-owned Raven Software have voted to form the U.S. video game industry's first major union, he said in a social media post. Okay, and then there's the, <laughs> the Debbie Downer of the group. An Activision Blizzard spokesperson has provided a statement regarding the QA group's unionization vote. We respect and believe in the right of all employees to decide whether or not to support or vote for a union. We believe that an important decision that will impact the entire Raven Software Studio of a rough of roughly 350 people should not be made by 19 Raven employees. Huh. <laughs> I I don't know. I am very mixed in this, I have seen multiple examples of bad unions, and I also see multiple examples of completely necessary unions. One of them, not even me not even being in the industry, but I would say the Screenwriters Guild, um, you know, writers were getting madly taken advantage yeah. of. Just, you know, not even credited sometimes. Property stolen, not being paid fairly multiple things and then you have other examples that i won't get into i don't want to point out too much but you know and there's examples of it not working out good in this case though i feel like in the, the industry that we're you know looking right now uh i 
I don't see this being a bad thing. And honestly, clearly it's necessary for at least that group uh, since they were just about to be out of work recently. I'm kind of curious because they, I, I like how the company is like saying, should are all the decisions should not be made by 19 Raven employees. These 22 people that were in this vote, who are these people? Did they not get selected by all the employees? Did they just say, hey, we're going to make a vote and decide based off of the, you know what I mean? They're obviously well, people like nominated these people or they were chosen for, by, by some group for some reason to make this decision. So my, from my understanding, I could be absolutely wrong, but I thought to start these actions and to get the ball rolling, I thought you had to have a majority vote of actually all the workers themselves. Mm-hmm. You had to have a majority vote. So it's not actually the 19 people are just like, yeah, we're going to unionize. Everyone hold up your hand. And then they, they called for all, the whole office. It's, it doesn't work that yeah. way, at least from my understanding. So I feel like Activision is just kind of being petty here because yes. they lost. Oh, and for sure. Now they actually have to be fair to people. Oh, my God. No. Yeah. <laughs> Activision separates from Ravens. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, man. So. Yeah, no, I'm... And even Xbox has already, like, confirmed that they're going to support and, like, recognize this group, which is good. Because, again, they they were clearly not being treated right, so... Yeah, I hope this... You know what, in uh, this case, I think I'm for. I hope this does make, like, you know, I hope this makes for some good change. Because we constantly mm-hmm. hear about the the overworking of these people and the hours that they get forced to do and work on these projects. What's the term? I can't think of the term crunch yeah like the crunch time like i i'm hoping that we'll see some policies and uh people won't have to be 100 percent on crunch time and have to work whatever crazy amounts of hours 12 hours a day or i don't maybe that's low maybe they're listening and they're like 12 hours i wish it was 12 hours 16 hours you never know right so i'm i'm hoping that maybe the, we'll get some better standards will it mean games will take longer maybe but I mean, games already t- seem like they take forever anyway. So, uh. yeah, I agree with you. Like, crunch is bad. Although I will say, what people don't like to talk about is, I, from my understanding, the developers themselves can receive a bonus at the end of year, depending if the game's good. Blah blah blah. So sometimes the crunch is almost like an investment towards your bonus, kind of a gamble too. And then it, then it does pay. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but then it would pay for, you know, that time you put in. It's not like you're actually doing it for free. Yeah. Not to mention a lot of developers are making a decent living. Like, let, let's be fair about that. Um, but we're talking about QA testers. And I don't, they, I, from my understanding, they don't get these bonuses. Yeah. Um, they're not getting these bumps. So, I again, in this situation, I'm all for, I think, you know, we just saw them almost lose their job. So, and frankly, we need more yeah. QA people because look at the crap we're getting. Yes, absolutely. That's a very good point. Honestly, we've never been in a time where they're more necessary. A hundred percent. Live service needs to be tied to QA testers. Yeah. Can can Raven's team go help uh, CD Projekt Red, please? Because clearly they don't have any. It's too late. It's too late. It's too late. Sony wishes to triple PC revenue over the next 12 months. Plans to have a third of its titles on PC by 2025. This one comes from VG247. Interesting. 2025. That's when they suspect PS4 support will end. Hmm. Hmm. 
In a financial briefing, Sony said it expects exponential growth to be sustained by PC titles beyond its current fiscal year. PC revenue for the firm has climbed year over year from $35 million in 2020 to $80 million in 2021. It expects to hit $300 million by the end of fiscal year 2022, which ends on March 31st, 2023. Numbers! The company noted unit sales of its latest PC releases with Horizon Zero Dawn leading the group with 2.4 million units sold. The next bestseller of recent years was God of War with 917,000 units moved, followed by Days Gone with 852,000 units sold. Sony also said it wants 30% of its first-party games to be released on PC by 2025. It expects 20% of its games will be available on PC by the end of the current fiscal year. Good for PC gamers. That's what I could say. Uh, They're in for some treats from some good first-party games that are kicking ass. So I'm I'm happy for them. I I think the numbers are high. So I feel like they're going to be accelerating the amount of games coming out on PC. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe not. Maybe it's, maybe it's, they're thinking more high quality games on PC, which that's kind of what they are doing right now. Let's be honest. We, I still, we still haven't heard like Spider-Man coming to PC. Maybe they're saving that one, but yeah, no, I think, uh, I think it's definitely doable. Um, they've definitely still got a good amount of games in storage that they could throw on PC. Um, mm-hmm. Does this mean anything for me? Personally, not really, because I played them already on console. I don't think I'd go back and play them again on PC. However, anything that makes Sony money, I'm happy, because a happy Sony is a happy Chris. Yeah, basically, like we always say, when they do good, they reinvest, and then it just is better for us, the gamer. Uh, I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm being petty here, but I just, it's crazy to think Zero Dawn sold 2.4, but God of War only did 917, like, God of War is so close to Days Gone, which perplexes me, especially when you heard God of War being like one of the best PC ports in recent My history. My little argument for that will be that I think God of War was such a popular game that a lot of PC players would have gone out and got the console just to play it. I think it's like over yeah. pop- uh, popular, which would have... I-, I mean, I've heard countless people who bought consoles just for God of War. So yeah, you're probably right. That probably was it's a maybe a bit of a, a stretch in the argument, but I I could mm. see it. Yeah, actually, I I'll take that. Maybe that's just like my ego needs that. But um, otherwise, yeah, I'm all for this. Like I said, I want I agree with you. Sony needs to just do well, and thirty percent of its first party titles aren't that isn't that big of a number really. So, uh, you know, and I think there was. Not recent, but it was former leaks about Ghost of Tsushima making that jump. I believe we saw another thing suggest that Demon Souls is coming to PC soon. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's yeah, there's more games coming clearly, and I'm all for it. Like again, I, as long as they do it in a timely fashion, I, I don't want it day and date. Maybe I'm being petty, whatever, fine. Um, but if it's, you know, a little bit of a wait or a way to like kind of bump your numbers for your sequel, like God of War clearly was what horizon clearly was, I'm, I'm fine for that. Like, you know, you could sell consoles that way. Maybe somebody who played horizon zero dawn on PC is now like, man, I need a PS4 so I can play that sequel. 
Yeah, you already listed a whole bunch of games too, but like Last of Us and all that kind of stuff. They've got a good catalog yeah. that they can. Well, some I think they're going to hold again, only thirty percent. And I think what you said, Spider Man. I think they're going to hold. Yep. Uh, they they know that's a huge character, and if they can keep that console exclusive, that's huge. Last of Us when uh, the TV series comes out, PC remaster, boom. Well, yeah, I wonder if the remake's going to be multiplayer. Yeah. Um, I could see that. They're already working on it. Yeah. So anyway, good for PC, like Chris said. Let's go. Sony announces live action adaptations of God of War, Horizon, and Gran Turismo. This one comes from GameIndustry.biz. Earlier this week, Sony Pictures Entertainment announces that God of War and Horizon Zero Dawn are being developed for TV, while Gran Turismo is heading to film. The news of the titles being adapted for live action follows the company's ongoing efforts to expand its media offerings. Amazon will be streaming the God of War TV series, while Netflix has obtained the rights to stream Horizon. Yay, I already got both of those, so money well spent already. Maybe. I guess not. Maybe. Who knows? We know Sony's moneymaker is its game industry. The other ones are... eh. We'll see. Spider-Man did well for them, but I don't think others, uh, aka Venom, did well. Uh, Well, Venom did fine i guess it's just if you're looking at review scores not so well and if you're talking to me one of the biggest venom fans out there i i hate like second movies better than the first but i i loathe both of them loathe i just they're not venom and i'm sorry like, how about morbius you even watched one cartoon oh my gosh that was sony right morbius was another just sony just should be trusted with video or at least comic book characters i can't speak on the video game side yeah we haven't seen uncharted um, yet but i've heard good things that's true ah again the reviews aren't great and like some of their choices are interesting like i feel like i'd rather mark Wahlberg be nathan drake than i would want him to be sully but not my choice tom holland just isn't nathan drake at all like, i know they try to say young but like from my understanding tom holland's like in his 30s is he not 25 i am farly off but Still, a 25-year-old Nathan Drake would still look like Nathan Drake and, you know, have, I don't know, Nathan Drake's just, like, a bigger-built guy, in my opinion. Like, I'm not saying, like, ripped like Chris Hemsworth or something, but he just has a stockier frame than Tom Holland. Tom Holland's, you know, he's a dancer, for God's sakes. I I don't... But we talked about this before. Sony saw that Tom Holland made money with Spider-Man, so they're going to use that. I know people like Tom Holland... I have yet to find something I like him in. Um, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just being crazy. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just, a Horizon show could be neat. I probably enjoy that more than I enjoy the game, honestly. God of War, that's going to be hard to do. I I just, there's, in my mind, I can't foresee any way that's going to be successful. Unless it's like Game and, of Thrones quality and the rating. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's not that, like if it's PG, eh. which sadly, because of it's, it's a game adaptation, I feel like it's probably mm-hmm. not going to be like anything over PG 13. I know. Um, and then Gran Turismo is a movie. Turismo. Sorry. I think I said it wrong. Um, I, I, I couldn't, you know, I'm not a cars guy. What? This is not. They for did me, need so for speed. My input's invalid. They did need for speed. Did they do need for speed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you're right. I forgot about that. 
with Jesse from Breaking Bad. And it took the world by storm, I hear. I did watch it. Although, <laughs> you know, Fast and Furious, successful, so yeah. if they do something... Wa- I just, But Gran Turismo is supposed to be, like, realistic. So it's like, what, am I watching a guy shift, like, eight different gears? I'm making up gears. I don't know if it's going past six. <laughs> um, And it's just... Hyperspeed. Yeah, I don't know. And he's like, oh, I could have shaved off, like, 0.5 of a second on that turn. Let's race What's my ghost. Movie, Chris? And his ghost waves at him. <laughs> <laughs> and then he like goes home and realizes that the fake car in the telly is $40. Yeah. Yeah. Microtransactions. Microtransactions. Yeah. I hope for these things. I just, yeah. Apparently, yeah. Netflix having Horizon because Netflix has been doing amazing things lately. I'm shaking my head. I know you can't see me, but I'm shaking. He's my not. Head. I can see him. He's not shaking his head. I don't know what he's saying. I'm shaking him. Shaking him. Okay, State of Play Showcase for Thursday confirmed PSVR 2 games included. This one comes from Push Square. Sony has confirmed its next State of Play live stream will take place next week on Thursday, 2nd of June, 2022, containing a sneak peek at several games in development for the PlayStation VR 2, as well as some exciting reveals for our, from our third-party partners. Lasting roughly 30 minutes, the showcase will begin at 3 p.m. PT. The full PlayStation blog post reads, it's been more than two months since our last day to play. Who's ready for a new one? Tune in live next Thursday, June 2nd, for nearly 30 minutes of announcements and updates from the world of PlayStation. We'll have some exciting reveals from our third-party partners, plus a sneak peek at several games in development for PlayStation VR 2. Watch over at Twitch or on YouTube starting at 3 p.m. Pacific. Chris... This is going to be a lot of speculation from both of us. You know, who knows what they're going to talk about. See, they do mention third parties. We talked about Final Fantasy 16 recently. All he said is he couldn't tell you why they couldn't show the new trailer yet. I'm going to, for me, I hope it's going to make, you know, an appearance here. But other than that, you know, I don't know what they're going to show for PSVR 2. Resident Evil 8, fingers crossed, because I keep saying that's going to have a VR mode. It has to. Um, I mean, I guess it's a little faster moving than 7, so has to is a strong word, but I sure. I, I, I want to believe. Um, other than that, yeah, I don't know what they could show. I mean, maybe we're going to finally get the date announcement for God of War. Uh, are they finally going to talk about PlayStation Plus Plus more? There's a lot that could go in here, which scares me, because then it means there's a lot that could not show up here. 30 minutes is not a lot of time. We've seen some no. of their showcases where it's like 20 minutes of one game, and yes. it's like, if you're already not interested, move along type thing. So uh, third party, I'm hoping from anything from Capcom, uh, like you say, Resident Evil 8 uh, or Village, uh, maybe, hey, Resident Evil 4 remake, maybe it's time. Uh, Silent Hill. I'll keep throwing that out there. We're getting more and more like tidbits about it existing. So knowing they have the promotion rights, yeah. uh, Avatar, Avatar. Uh, like you said, Final Fantasy 16. There's definitely things I'm interested in and want to see. What are we gonna get? Maybe God of War. Maybe Forspoken. <laughs> maybe <laughs> I'm just naming things that's like at this point it's like. Yeah. God of War, I don't honestly need anything. Just give a just show God of War, Ragnarok, and then the release date. That's all that's yeah, enough for honestly, me. <laughs> like yeah. people who are gonna get it are gonna get it. So PSVR two, honestly, there's 
we we know the track record of VR games. They're usually like smaller indie little shorts, I'll call them. So I'm not going to hold out any hope for any like major announcements, to be honest. Like, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't even estimate like what to expect uh, as a VR game. Like uh, Final Fantasy VR. Uh, like, I don't know. They did the fishing. I'm good. <laughs> but didn't they do Prompto in 15 as well? You could shoot like him or something. Well, I just remember the fishing part for 15, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, there, there might have been a prompto thing too, but yeah, honestly, it's thirty minutes is not a lot of time uh, to show that much. So, at best, if they show like a minute and a half plus their transition slides that take ten to fifteen seconds each, like mm-hmm. at best, what are we getting? Maybe fifteen reveals, but that's not gonna happen. I feel like even that's ask- like, again with just the weird nature of Sony lately. They just don't like to give us a lot. So my fear is a lot of this is going to be taken up by the VR. Yeah. And then we're just left with, you know, God of War date confirmation, maybe. Um, I don't think they're going to do another Hogwarts thing this soon. Uh, So then I can hope for, like, my two other games, and that's the best, unfortunately. Yeah. So anyway... We don't know, and uh, though you can't be sure next week's episode, we're going to talk about it, so we can all look forward to next week. PlayStation reveals plan to split investment 50-50 between existing and new IP. This one comes from BGC. SIE, better known as Sony Interactive Entertainment, has confirmed that it's significantly boosting investment in the development of new intellectual properties. In its fiscal year ending in March 2020, fiscal year 19, PlayStation Studios invested 23% of its development budget in new IP and 77% in existing franchises. During its current fiscal year, which is fiscal year 2022, 34% is being invested in new IP and 66% in established properties. Speaking on Thursday, SIE CEO Jim Ryan said that by fiscal year 25, this 25 keeps coming up. It's a big number. (laughs) The company plans the split to be 50-50. In quotes, new IP is the lifeblood of all entertainment, and SIE is significantly increasing the amount that it is spending in this space, he said, transcribed by VGC, during a PlayStation business briefing. From less than a quarter of the total spend in fiscal year 2019, we will augment the proportion invested to 50% of a much larger number by fiscal year 25, investment that we anticipate will yield significant returns in the second half of this decade. By fiscal year 25, Ryan also said the company expects half of SIE's releases to be on PC and mobile. So big changes coming to Sony over the next three years. I really like the 50% in new IPs. I think it's amazing. I think that's the right direction. And then we get around the mobile thing and I'm just like, okay, well, see how well that's working out for Nintendo. I know, like, again, they're pushing a lot in live service, and I think maybe they hope to have what, like, Call of Duty and Fortnite have with mobile, Uh, but I just, until you get a winner, again, that's really the only way I see mobile being successful for them. Unfortunately, that mobile is not going to be a winner for us, because we just don't play games on mobile. No. I, my phone has a calculator, that's the most advanced video game I have on my phone. And solitaire, but I would argue the calculator is way more. I have Stardew Valley, so I have a farm. 
that's I know that's a game, but I I never play it. It's just I have it. I just like anytime I have free to sit down and concentrate on a video game, it's probably because I'm home. Yeah. And then my console's there. I don't like I travel to work, but I'm driving, so it's not like I can. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could, <laughs> but I might might kill a couple <laughs> pedestrians. Ah, once we get those Teslas, and yeah, those just drive me. Then there. we can. Then I'll be. But then I'll just sleep in the car. I won't play games. <laughs> Honestly, the hours I get up, yeah, probably. I'm a danger to everyone. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for any new IPs, uh, like you say, but um, I think my biggest concern is where, what kind of IPs, like you say, is it going to be mobiles and live service games? They could be yes. done right, but I have I can count the number of times on my hand when those were successes in my eyes. Financially speaking, yeah, they've all been pretty successful for the companies that's made them, so... And that kind of worries me too. Uh, now that you bring it up, it's like, is that fifteen percent bump just going to go to live service games? Because they cost quite a bit. You know, you got all the extra work that you have to constantly be working on these games. Gotta maintain them. Uh, so then, yeah, maybe there we won't see the yield in this one. Just DLCs because, and expansions. You know, it's going to be in things that we're not concerned. Yeah, DLCs and expansions and cosmetic upgrades to games that we probably won't play. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, maybe, you know, by fiscal year 25, as Chris likes to call it, uh, you know, they'll finally abort the live service, realizing that, uh, like Ubisoft has, honestly, like how many times that can fail. Electronics Firm says it expects PS5 Pro and new Xbox Series consoles by 2024. This one comes from VGC. Chinese electronics company TCL and not TLC, like I want to say, has said it expects PlayStation 5 Pro and Xbox Series X and S consoles to launch in 2023 or 2024. The company, which reportedly ranked second in the global TV market in terms of sales volume in 2019, revealed its forecast for the console industry on Wednesday during a presentation attended by Polish site PPE.pl. <laughs> I think the second bot dot was a period. During the press event, which was used to showcase TCL's latest TVs, a company representative said they expect Gen 9.5 to arrive by 2024. The manufacturer suggested the unannounced console will provide gameplay in 60 to 120 frames per second at a resolution of 2160p and offer the ability to play in 8K. It also said it expects PS5 Pro and Xbox Series X and S consoles to come with the equivalent to the upcoming AMD Radeon RX 7700 XT GPU. Okay, so I said a lot of gobbledygook there, Chris. Um, no more gobbledygookish than playing games at 8K. It's absolutely ridiculous. I I feel like I'm the hardest one on this, but I am a necessary voice, I think, because these companies like to oversell these features, and it's the same thing I said about PS5 when they were telling us the same garbage. Oh, it's going to play. 4k games at like 120 frames and i'm like no no not ever not ever you could spend thousands of dollars on a 3090 right now one of the best video cards out there you're still going to have a hard time getting consistent 60 frames per second in real 4k resolution it's just a fact i have a 3070 in my current uh cpu and that i could wish i could ever play a game in 60 frames per second in real 4k so maybe Maybe we'd get close to a consistent 60 frames in real 4K in the Pro. I, again, unlikely. 
But for them to ever talk about AK, it just drives me nuts. If you want to talk about like, hey, I'll stream your videos in AK, fine, fantastic. I don't, I don't care. But say that. I, this oversell drives me nuts. I, I just, especially AMD, as much as I liked them previously, I even I had to switch to NVIDIA, and I was one of the like biggest people holding out on that switch. But unfortunately, NVIDIA has DLSS. If they could get that to work, then maybe we can talk about higher resolutions. But AMD's alternative to DLSS isn't as good, and it's not as widespread currently. And I just, I they don't even talk about that here, so I just have a hard time believing these specs. I'm going to come from the pissy side of things and be like, I'm not a fan of this time frame. To have the Pro systems or the new Xbox Series systems in 2023 or 2024, and they're still not even going to be looking at PlayStation 5 games till, what? What they say in that other article, twenty 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 five, like, uh, like it's it feels like a major hit. Now, have I benefited from the PS five? Yes, we got Elden Ring, we got Demon Souls, we got other a few other games uh, that were definitely upgraded or looks good. But it's kind of like just that disappointment of like, can we focus on this? It's like I don't know if it's like maybe they're wanting to take a break because they're waiting for the Unreal Engine to come out, and now they're going to throw everything on it, which I'm hoping is the case. But does that mean now game timelines starting from today? So that means five years until we actually get good games. Not good games, but new games on the new console. So that is a, it's a fair point. Honestly, looking at the timeline, let's say this is 100% accurate, which I don't yeah. think it is, but let's say it's 100% accurate. Me and you, Chris, we have a PS5 Pro at the end of 2024, which is the earliest this will happen. Uh, but let's say November again, uh, 2024. And we're still going to be playing games that were made for PS4. Yeah. De- well, yeah. Or Demon's Souls again. <laughs> well, but no, but honestly, like, other than a few outliers, it's going to be third party uh, if it's actually console exclusive. Yeah. But we're not going to have any first party true PS5 games by the time we even have a pro unit therefore it's like what's the point is it just that some of these games are going to slightly work better like some of the ps4 games slightly work better on the ps5 does it justify getting one the only pro to this that i can see and a, a few people have suggested this is that it might help manufacturing if it needs less requirements you know we know there's a chipset shortage is there a workaround here and is that why they're pushing for this and then maybe they could make more of these units and therefore people could technically get at least a ps5 may not be the original might be a pro that's speculative i i you know i can't confirm that at all i would hope that would be the case that's the only positive i could see here but yes judging by the timelines we've talked about in this episode it'd be kind of disappointing to even consider buying a pro when I can't even tell what my PS5 was capable of in the first place. I've not had anything that's fully challenged it yet. Yeah. Yeah. The chipset thing. It's getting annoying, man. It's not a, it's not a me problem. It's not a you problem because we already have our systems. So it just all really F's is the people who are still trying to get, still struggling to try and get these systems. Meanwhile, the pros come out the people who have been like loyal trying to get, you know, they want, they want, I, I want my games, man. And it's like, no, you have to wait because 
globally. There's no electronic chips problem, and we can't get you know, enough systems for everybody right now. So we have to make our games at the PlayStation 4 level. I don't know. I'm just going around in circles at this point. It's just frustrating. Well, and that's the thing. When you look back, like, I wasn't the biggest champion for the pro models when we were talking about PS4 either. Uh, Initially. It confused me a little bit, but, you know, I got over it. I eventually got it. I didn't get it day one or anything. I waited till there's some trading deal where I ended up barely paying $100 for my PS5 Pro. Uh, PS4 Pro, sorry. And... But at least, again, at that time, I remember thinking, like, when I get this, all these other games are going to look good. But they were PS4 exclusives. We already had PS4 exclusives. So now we've kind of pushed the original console. And then, you know, even Cyberpunk, like, ran better on PS5 Pro, much better than PS... Sorry, I keep confusing. Even CD Projekt Red or Cyberpunk 2077 ran better on the PS4 Pro than it did the base PS4 um so like it had a purpose at the time but here it's just like again we just haven't even tested our ps5s yet we haven't got them hot and sweaty yet i don't yeah it just other than manufacturing if it does fix that issue i will put my torch away but if it doesn't help at all then i absolutely have no idea what the purpose of any of this is. i heard a feature of the uh, ps5 pro is that when you play ghost of tsushima when you try to fast travel it already knows that you're going to fast travel to a different place before you even want to fast travel, and it just does it. <laughs> Inside joke, if you play Ghost of Tsushima and know the loading screens and how fast they are and non-existent on the PS4 and PS4 Pro and now PS5. Well, and even, you know, I brought this up. This has nothing to do with the article we're talking about, but I brought it up previously about why I refuse to buy the PS5 version of Uncharted 4 and the Legacy of Thieves collection, or whatever they call it. Uh, my God, you know, if you go to the PS5, it lists faster load times. When I die in that game, on the PS5, playing the PS4 version, it's already reloaded in less than, like, three seconds. It's almost as fast as Ghost of Tsushima. I don't understand why I need a PS5 version. What is the selling point here? It looks fantastic. It has HDR. It just... Man, and it's loading fast enough for me. I, you know, I have PS5 games that are loading slower than this. In fact, I I, I need slower times so that I can, you know, be mad at myself for dying. (laughs) If if you throw me back in too quick, I don't know what the hell to do. (laughs) Well, I can't remember what game it was. It was somewhat recently. I think it might have been Forbidden West, but like. It was loading so fast that they actually slowed it down so you could see the the hints. Yeah. And I was like, and I could see the same thing with Tsushima. Maybe it was Tsushima. I can't remember. But either way, yeah, that's the world we live in now. So anyway, I don't know. Hopefully we got our points across. I don't think we're highly anticipating these releases. I could understand if someone doesn't have a PS5 yet and they're like, hey, this might help me. Hopefully that is true. Hopefully that's the case. And then I won't begrudge you for that. But just for us, I again, I just I don't think we have a real PS5 powerhouse yet so to have a pro to play ps4 games better (laughs) it's just uh, whatever i guess anyway we're gonna move on that's it for the article so let's move on to review roundup and that's where we get you those weekly metacritic review scores so you can kind of make an educated guess on if you want to buy anything this week we have sniper elite 5 on ps5 critic score 78 that is 26 positive reviews seven mixed and one negative 
So it's looking higher than not, but I assume if you like Sniper Elite, it's more of that. Uh, KO the Kangaroo, if I'm saying that right, is on PS5, critic score 61, and it has seven mixed. Uh, I'm going to assume that's a pass. Uh, I'm going to say that's that, that's guessing. pretty high score for being just mixed reviews. <laughs> when does it turn mm, into a positive? <laughs> like, does it have to be... You need one, one positive. positive. <laughs> so it's like, seems like everybody must have given it like 65 <laughs> or something. There you go. Okay, and then we're moving on to the last part of the show, like always, which is homework. What is homework? Homework is when we don't have enough time in the show to get through everything that happened this week. So we give you article names, where you can find those articles, and then you go educate yourselves. Stray's release date might have been accidentally leaked by PlayStation Database. This one comes from VG247. And spoiler alerts, that date is July 19th. The Callisto Protocol no longer part of the PUBG universe. This one comes from VG247 as well, and I'm glad to hear that. I don't care about PUBG. I just don't want to even hear about PUBG. And I didn't want this to be tied to that whatsoever because I have faith in the Callisto protocol and I'm looking forward to it. Mafia 3 developer Hangar 13 suffers another round of layoffs. This one comes from uh, GameIndustry.biz. We already talked about that. That's why I put in homework. But yeah, now there's more layoffs. It doesn't look good over there. Very unfortunate. Hogwarts Legacy, unique PS5 DualSense features detailed in new blog post. This one comes from Game Informer. The Lord of Rings Gollum finds Precious a September launch date. This one comes from Game Informer. Probably on the top of my list for games I'm least excited about. <laughs> I believe, I, I'm kind of with you on that, but I feel like it's also one that could surprise the crap out of us, too. You never know he with Lord of the Rings. Darndest, but I'm here with a frown and crossed arms, <laughs> I tell you You never what. know with Lord of the Rings. Former PlayStation employee files a renewed gender discrimination lawsuit. This one comes from GameIndustry.biz. Battlefield 2042 is winding down support for its new hazard zone mode. This one comes from IGN. If you've ever wanted to see a game company bail on a game so fast, this is it. Yeah, they should just go sell themselves. Like, like <laughs> Square Enix should be bailing faster on Babylon Fall, but this is quite fast for this game. Yeah, Babylon's Fall next week will announce it's uh, dropping four-player cooperative, just the one player, for that one player. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, player, for playing. Final Fantasy yeah. IX animated series to be revealed this week. This one comes from IGN. Seems Hey, by default, though, at least he's going to be ranked number one in the rankings. Mm -hmm. They don't have a leaderboard yet. <laughs> DLC. Well, that'd be Battlefield. Huge PS Store days of play sale live now with 1,800 plus PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4 games included. This one comes from Push Square. I'd like to... That was a lot of uh, words. Yeah, I'd like to say this is very much... We talked about this before. I feel like Sony's really trying to get us to accidentally spend money on games when our new PlayStation subscriptions are coming up. It's feel like I feel like they're tempting us. Like there was a sale like two months ago and then last month and now this one. This one's a big one. They're really trying to get this us to one, buy something accidentally. I might be uneducated, but this one I have concerns. Like I see certain games that were just on sale last week that are more expensive now than it was like a week ago. Uh, Persona 5 Royal, for instance, I believe was quite a bit lower. Like I want to say another like 10, 15 percent uh, decreased price. Uh, so I'm a little concerned. I feel like this is something. I will note it has 
newer games and maybe when you look at it from that perspective of like yeah it has newer games that are actually on sale okay fine but i think a lot of the older games are actually more expensive so i just would ask anyone to just you know really look at these prices see if it's truly a sale that you're interested yeah in. and if it's a, even slightly older there's hope that it will be part of the playstation plus plus playstation plus mm-hmm. premiums horizon forbidden west trial lasts five hours on playstation 5 and playstation 4 this one comes from push square that's a good amount yeah we didn't add the article but i guess more information quickly here is that they basically said two hours wasn't a mandatory trial time so some could be as low as two hours, but others can exceed that time, obviously, like we're seeing here. So I think that's good. For someone that's like nice. me that wasn't sold, I didn't really like the first uh, Horizon. Getting five hours, I hope to know what I'm getting into, and maybe it will sell me. I, I like don't know. that it gives it uh, more flexibility to the developers to choose the time. Oh, absolutely. So anyway, that's it for this episode. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us yet again on another Monday. We appreciate it. Your time is your most valuable currency. It humbles us deeply that you give any of that to us. So until Monday, next Monday, I guess, uh, we have nothing else to say but goodbye. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. Sony blames technical error for PS Plus users charged to do... Sony blames... Yeah, to upgrade. Sony blames... Stop doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Juju. The Tower of Sisyphus? I play the game. I don't want to go to the Tower of Syphilis. Call me.